0: All right, you are now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 279. The Denver Nuggets are not joking around as they go up 2 0 against Drew's Lakers. Does LeBron and company have enough in the tank to tie it up in Los Angeles? Himmy Buckets and the Heat steal Game 1 at the Garden? Is freaking Grant Williams the key to the Celtics winning Game 2? The Spurs win the tank for Wembo sweepstakes, but can everybody, for the love of God, please stop with the goat talk? It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, you bastards. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world?
1: What's up, everybody?
0: You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 279. Uh, we promise this isn't going to be the uh, the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> this week. Some of you are probably still listening to our last epi-
1: episode. Yeah, that's true. Uh,
0: you know, you could probably read War and Peace faster than uh, listen to the, <laughs> the our whole podcast. We covered a lot, if you, though. If, Even if, you, gonna- if
1: you're able to read War and Peace in two hours, uh, you got to be <laughs> doing something else with your life than whatever you're currently doing, because that would be an impressive feat. Oh, we had
0: people we had people hit us up that were just like yo you guys covered a lot I'm like I know man it's just a lot uh but we really wanted to get into you know we've so had
1: we got you covered man that's what we're supposed to do that's, that's what, we're what we do, do.
0: <laughs> um we've had two Laker games we've had one Boston heat game but I really want to start with uh with your Lakers Drew yeah uh, I don't know if you're nervous yet I want to get into how you're feeling but you know before game two last night, um, I had asked you and we've been texting during the games because you know, you get, and, and then we have a group chat going. I got a lot of, a lot of <laughs> chats going on here, but yeah, you know, I asked before the game, I said, all right, what are Drew's adjustments for game two? And you said, start Rui or Vando sit D And then I had told you that, that Vando's starting, you said, no help on Joker, let AD do his thing. And the other guys can't lose sight of their man. When Joker has the ball. Also, I think Rui did a great, did great on him so I go back to that in spurts and I think you're definitely right. Rui was praised that game on how he played Joker. I think Joker uh I think Rui I think Joker was 0 for two and I think Rui got a got a steal with him. And I think people forget like how big Rui is but I (laughs) kind of just want to start on he's a big boy. That's a big dude. But I kind of want to start with uh with your boys from last night. Now I'm looking at when I look at the box score you know, we, we have LeBron and AD both playing 40 minutes, you know, 22, nine and 10 for Braun, solid game. Anthony Davis, 18 and 14. It's not enough from AD. The two highlights from the Lakers are obviously Rui came out gunning. He had 21. Austin Reeves had 22. And both of that is great. I'm all for that. Like Rui was amazing. But Rui and Austin cannot be, like, your leaders in the playoffs, okay? (laughs) If Rui and and Austin are getting 21 and 22 while LeBron and AD are doing their thing, then you're most likely going to win the
1: basketball game. Definitely.
0: And on the other end of that, like, even re-watching Rui and Austin, uh, more specifically on Rui, Rui Hachimura cannot be your most aggressive player on your team. The most, aggr- he was, he was attacking the rim. He was, he was playing hitting-
1: great. I he- thank God for him playing in that game.
0: <laughs> he played phenomenal, but you can say all you want that LeBron and AD were gassed, which they probably are, especially mm-hmm. AD, especially LeBron being 38. We get it. And we understand the altitude and all that. But I need more from Anthony Davis, man. Uh, you're down, you're down 2 0. And you're going back to L.A. What are your thoughts right now? Do you think with your adjustments that you sent me, do you think the Lakers did that last night?
1: Um. So I'll, first part is, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm definitely nervous. Um, It felt like we could have stolen game one. We, we had a real chance in game one to steal that thing. Uh, and we didn't. And then in game two, we were the better team for, I don't know, game's 48 minutes long for probably 38 of those minutes. I think we were the better team. And we just, Jamal Murray went on a heater. Uh, So, do I think we're gassed? Yes. Certainly, the first half of game one felt like they were on slow motion. I think that was mostly due to, well, Denver Denver, number one came out strong in, in game one. But I do think the Lakers were affected by the Uh, the altitude in game one. And I think towards the end of game two, we saw that happen again. Uh, Whereas in the middle there, you know, really the the last two quarters, third and fourth quarter, game one, and then quarters one, two, and three of game two, I think we were, we have been the better team, which is odd because we're down to nothing. So I'm definitely nervous because it seems like LeBron's jump shot has completely left the building.
0: It's three pointer Uh, for sure.
1: That's what I mean. And I mean, really think about any jump shot he's hit it, unless it's a turnaround fade from the post, he's not hitting any sort of jump shots and he he's making his free throws, I guess, at a decent rate, but he was nine, mostly just he was that? nine for 19 last
0: night and then over yeah. six threes just for context.
1: And he's over 10 threes in the series. He's one of his last 20 in the entire playoffs. Mm. So when I say the jump shot has left the building, it, it really feels that way and i think the thing that frustrates me the most especially about game 1 but you know at times in game 2 is that he still is shooting it like like it's falling at a 30 to 40% clip and it's just not and i think the thing that bothers me the most is not that he's shooting that you know in the first couple quarters of the game go ahead and let it fire see if it's cooking right. see if you can get one to drop and then when it gets to the fourth quarter this is really what it bothers me it's like all right dude you haven't hit one in a week. You haven't hit a three in a week. Right. And and you're gonna continue to in key moments like decide to pull up on a three when the better shot is clearly on the table because the Denver Nuggets have elected to guard you one on one with Jamal Murray, and you don't take advantage of it two times in the end of game two. Excuse me, two times in the end of game one, and at times in game two. So look, uh, I think we can play better. I think we we are in this series by if anyone thinks that we're just going to get swept that there's definitely a possibility of that but it won't be a sweep by blowouts we are sticking to this we are in these games and it very easily could be 1-1 in a strange world it could be 2-0 our way but I definitely think we had multiple opportunities to come out of there with a win and we just didn't take those opportunities and hats off to the Denver Nuggets too it's not just like oh you know they're not doing their thing I'm very impressed with the way that they're playing the running through Jokic, but uh we'll get into Denver, I think, in more depth. Right now, my focus is the adjustments that I mentioned are very mm-hmm. important. The three guard lineup is not working. I think Darvin Hammond. When took does him a it while. work? Does it work for any team? It worked in the last series because it's golden fucking state. Mm-hmm. Right? Perfect. That works for, that works against them. It does. It's fine. But when you play a team that actually has like a a regular sized roster, including a seven footer, a six ten, and a six eight guy, and then the other two guards aren't that small, you just need more size. We need that ability to go big and and also Vanderbilt and Rui Rui especially are playing really good. Uh, I think Vanderbilt needs to start and play more. I, I mean, I he played it,
0: sixteen minutes last night. That's he not had... enough
1: for me. That's not enough for me. I, well, D- D'Lo got thirty three. And that's too much. So that brings me to the, the like, I was going to talk about Anthony Davis real fast. Obviously, he's got to improve. I, I don't. There's no more. There's nothing else to say. He has to be better than that. That was a really, really bad experience. So you look at the box score. You go 18 points, whatever, 14 rebounds. Oh, he, that's a that's not bad. No, that was terrible. He was missing everything. Four for he's 15. Gotta, he's got to be better. Four for 15. It felt like four for 25. Um, he has to be better offensively if we're going to be able to 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 get out of this series i really at this point i'm definitely nervous i don't think the lakers will win the series anymore my lakers in six pick is obviously over we're not going to win four games you're giving up i'm not giving up yet no absolutely not but it does feel like we're just not the better team here and that's weird because i thought i did think we were going to be able to match up with them you know neck and neck but when like you said Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves are the two best players on the floor, and you and the other guys on the court are Anthony Davis and LeBron James. That's a problem. Both of those guys can't play that way. They have to play better. Uh, They really yeah. do. And I I just don't know if we have it in the tank. You know, I I I don't know. But the adjustments, the last piece, D'Angelo Russell. He he shouldn't play anymore. I really I like. Damn. I understand you want to start him. Give him five minutes, see what's up. And at times in game two, he actually did hit some shots. But really, he's a detriment. I think at the end of the at the end of both games, he was minus twenty and minus twenty-one. Minus yeah, twenty one minus
0: sixteen yesterday.
1: Was it ended up being yeah. minus minus sixteen? Mm-hmm. Uh he he looks lost out there. He looks like he can't compete. He's off the pace defensively. And if he's not making a shot, he's turning the ball over and missing and just not being involved. I just Schroeder should be the one on the court, not D'Angelo Russell. Keep Schroeder and Reeves going. Uh, if you want to bring Lonnie Walker in there from time to time, totally fine with that. But I think D'Angelo Russell, unless which is something that everyone said about him for a long time, unless he starts playing defense like and being smarter on the court, he becomes a detriment. And and I think that's been said every year of his career. So I don't expect that to change. But yeah, those are my adjustments. So I, they might work in game three. Who knows? Yeah, if you know, AD play better. It could happen,
0: two, you know, two things when I at the beginning of game one, I'm watching the Lakers play and they're starting five. And it, for the first time in the playoffs, I was looking at it. And I'm like, oh, shit, you know, maybe this isn't a good like finals team, like making it to the finals team. You got Reeves, Schroeder, D No, I get it. LeBron and, and AD, but I'm just like, mm, maybe these guys aren't as good as I thought. Um, I never thought Austin Reeves and Rui were the best players on the court. I didn't think that. I just felt that they were playing. They were the most aggressive players on the court. Trying they to were definitely the
1: best two players on the Lakers team in game two.
0: Yes, and you mentioned yeah. that you know both those games were winnable and like for 38 minutes of that of the 48 minute game they looked like the better team and they did and the turning point was obviously Jamal Murray was 3 for 15 going into the halftime right yeah. and this is going to be known as probably the Jamal Murray game but it's 84-83 in the fourth right it's a one point ball game Jamal Murray comes down uh gives gives AD the step back 3 uh bang and then yeah. then on the defensive end on that next play he gets the tip on that out bad alley pass he gets the tip they go down Bruce Brown three bang right get yep. one more good defensive defensive stance they come down Michael Porter Jr three bang and that's pretty much almost the game that's what put yep. them away that 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 little span of a minute and, and two minutes right there is what solidified the game.
1: So and with this- not being able to counter punch that we weren't able to score in those periods of time like every time they they would hit a shot we would come down and we could not we couldn't put the ball in the bucket so you know I definitely think we could have been better tighter defensively there and I would love to see that be the case understanding the switching when especially when they're featuring featuring Jamal Murray like let's be more connected in the screen it's hard when when he's cooking and they want to feed him, he comes off five or six screens with the ball, without the ball. It's it, you know it's a bit of it's a bit of Steph Curry in there, which we mm-hmm. did just face, which is why I like Schroeder. But the thing about Jamal that he does a little bit better than Steph is is he is a bigger guard, so he's able to back down Schroeder and go. Oh, you want to put this little guy on me? Fine, I'll take him into the mid post. I'll do a little fade away, and that and he was hitting that left and right in that fourth quarter. It was very impressive.
0: Uh, you know what's crazy too is that when you talk about this game, you look at, at Joker's numbers and you're like 23, 17 and 12, he's averaging a triple double in the yep. playoffs. Right. And this was probably his worst game. Right. And we're sitting here saying it's 23, 17 and 12 is going to be his worst game. Yeah. Um, it's he's just so impressive, man. And again, like there's nothing sexy about his game. He just does everything right. Mm-hmm. And when you have guys like Bruce Brown and Michael Porter Jr. giving you 16 points, that's kind of what you want from Michael. Absolutely. You know,
1: Four for seven. I think he was like four for seven for three. What was he? He was, yeah, four for seven for three. I mean, he hit some tough shots in there too. Those were not, they were not the easiest of shots that he made.
0: He did. And they, they started not, not too good. I had a friend over last night watching the game and it looked like from the jump, I can normally tell like who's got it and who doesn't. And it just looked like Lakers, this was going to be their game last night because they did. Came it out felt like, that way right from the I,
1: beginning. Yeah. From
0: the, from the jump, it did. And that just, you know, the game is, it's a very long game. And, I, I, I'm kind of with Mike Malone uh, when he said that m- most talking heads and most media outlets always, they just want to go straight to the Lakers and talk about <laughs> the Lakers when in actuality, what Denver's doing is, is pretty awesome, man. It's, it's how they play basketball. They run a very tight, they're running seven dudes right now with a little yeah. bit of Christian Brown coming in for like a couple minutes for intensity purpose for defensive purposes. But these real quick, I think he he played like uh he played, yeah, four, four minutes and 30 seconds last night. Mm-hmm. And then Bruce Brown's getting 37, Jeff Green got 15, and he hasn't been doing much. I thought there'd be more Jeff Green on LeBron, but the only issue that's happening is... To. Well, Aaron Gordon, they need more from AG, right? I think he's been doing a a, a decent job on LeBron defensively, but uh, when you look at the numbers, I mean, he got almost 40 minutes last night, 10 points, four boards, two assists. It's, it's okay, right? Like, it's okay, mm-hmm. but... I and if other people are scoring like like uh yes. Bruce Brown and like Michael Porter, you don't have to rely on Aaron Gordon to be doing Absolutely. all of that.
1: Well, I, so, I think we're really muddying it up in the paint. I I be, I be honest, like the Lakers are not playing bad defense. Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, Jamal is good, and he's then they're running tough pick and roll sets with him, like I'm saying. And Jokic is good, right? And then when Michael Porter Jr. is hitting shots with hand in his face at 6'10, we don't have a guy who can match that. That's why. Unless Rui and Vanderbilt and LeBron are all out there, you know, in some form or fashion, it's very difficult to 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 defend a six foot ten jump shooter from three. It really is. He just releases that thing so high in the air. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when he's hitting tough shots, and like you said, Bruce Brown just felt like the toughest guy, the most physical, aggressive guy in the game. Felt like Bruce Brown, and then Rui. I think Rui would be second in that list, Mm -hmm. and then. You know, we could divvy it up from there, but uh, I, you gotta love Bruce Brown. I mean, just t- stepping back from a Lakers fandom, I because well, I, I think he's probably one of the more annoying players that we're we're playing against in this series. Probably the most annoying is Bruce Brown because he's just he is really running his mouth. And so, as a Lakers fan, I'm like, dude, that guy needs to shut the f up. But stepping back from that, I'm like, I got a lot of respect for this guy. He's putting his head down. He's not like afraid to go at the hoop. Mm-hmm. He, he realizes who's on the court there. It's LeBron James. It's Anthony. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit about that? I'm coming right at your chest. And him and him and go, him going at D'Angelo Russell. I think has worked pretty well in his favor. I don't know. He's been. I mean, if you look at their matchups, he's definitely been outplaying, outperforming D'Angelo Russell. If you look at their head-to-head, uh, but with Aaron Gordon specifically, I do think our interior defense is something that Denver hasn't had to deal with. In the way that we're playing it, like when we when we put Rui on Jokic, it's really not about what he does to Jokic. Jokic can still make the shot, but Rui is quite stout and strong and is quick enough to to move side to side against Jokic. So Jokic is going to make the shot if he wants to. Okay, fine. It's really what Anthony Davis is doing in the background that makes it really difficult. And we saw that we saw that in the second half of game one. We saw that work at times in game two. Uh, and what unlocked it for Denver was Jamal Murray going off, and and hopefully like so. When I think about a path forward for the Lakers, which I do think there's a chance we can win games three and games four, and then take it back to to Denver squared up and like then it's best of three. Uh, although I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, it's definitely possible because we've seen the Lakers do this before. We can have a great performance from LeBron and Anthony Davis, and have you know two, three, four other contributors that are very important. And Denver has also lost to Phoenix in this fashion. They lost back-to-back games to Phoenix in the previous series. So it's still very much on the table because we we have not hit our ceiling as a team. And I think we can. But I do think the adjustments that we talked about should be the, the key to unlocking that. Uh, we got to feature AD more. He's got to be more aggressive. He's got to try to get Jokic in foul trouble. Uh, and we can't go small against this team. And I think that the last piece is like, okay, Let's watch that tape of how they got Murray loose in the fourth and Schroeder or Reeves or Lonnie or whoever's going to be out there, hopefully not D'Angelo Russell. This is how we can work around that and how you should expect to move and when we when we need to switch and when we need to stay and when we need to go under. Because the Lakers were going far too many times underneath those screens and Jamal was just like, oh, cool, bop. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my diatribe, if you will. I think there's still hope. But I my my head says it's it might be done and dusted.
0: You know, in that Phoenix series, we were talking about just the minutes that these guys were playing, that Booker and KD were playing. They were just adding up and adding up. And you know, we're at that point where AD and Braun are playing 40 minutes a night. I mean, Jamal Murray played every second of the second half. Like (laughs) this, he played every single second. But, you know, at some point, I had said going into this year that we were going to see a different kind of LeBron. You know, the I think age is going to catch up to him, and I just think forty minutes a night in the playoffs is is tough. It's tough for anybody. It's also
1: tough in Denver. I mean, let's just be honest. Like I know a lot is made of the altitude, but the reason that it's being said all the time is I do think it mattered. I think it really affected the Lakers at the end of Game Two and the beginning of Game One, Uh, and that has to only be you know multiplied a little bit by age for LeBron, right? I'm sure Austin Reeves isn't feeling the altitude effects as much as LeBron James. For right. just as a for instance, right? Uh, not that LeBron isn't still like a better athlete than Austin Reeves. I think all of us would say he's still a better athlete, but mm-hmm. it probably wears and tears on his lungs a little bit more than it would on the younger guy. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe Austin Reeves is out there ripping jewels or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he is. Probably um, not. But they're coming back home tomorrow. So yeah. you
0: you know it's all now we want to see how Darvin Ham is gonna is gonna approach this right yeah. and same with like if if Denver splits in L A you you'd like to say it's a wrap right and for whatever reason yes. like right I think if you so. split one in the Lakers have to win both correct um, I I still think it's it's you know if AD's playing every other night as far as big games
1: you're due <laughs> right. for a big game he should yet. be he should be in for forty five in game three should be right yeah. and
0: then I'm not expecting you know Rui's been a big surprise to me you know we were both when when you guys got Rui we were both like wow that's a weird pickup you know and he's turning out to be a a pretty good pickup hopefully you can pay him uh all the talk this week and we had brought it up earlier a few podcasts ago is just like shit how much is Austin Reeves gonna be going for
1: now right (laughs) playing good again he's he's, back to playing good again he is he him now Drew is he him Austin Reeves Austin (laughs) Reeves baby yeah he's going to get a lot of money. I mean, and I, and the price continues to go up every round that we advance, the price will go up because he's a starter and plays a shit ton of minutes for this team and has become our best three point shooter. You know, something that we thought would be possible for him. Uh, but, you know, in the wake of, of these last few games, including even at the Warriors and and the fact that LeBron, like I said, he just can't hit a three. So Austin is, is vital on that court, especially if Delo's is not hitting, like when Delo's is hitting threes, and Austin Reeves is hitting threes, we are a very difficult team to beat, and that's the truth of the matter. Uh, Schroeder can't be trusted to shoot a three because it takes him 15 seconds to get the ball from his waist up into the air. I mean, goddamn, can a guy shoot any slower? He's the fastest, quickest guy on the court. And it's it feels like – I don't know, man. I don't know how it's possible that he – His
0: wind-up even... is – wind
1: is, It is, is a real wind-up, bro. It's almost like you can hear click, 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 click. <laughs> like it's so slow. Um. anyway, when he's not, obviously, of course, when any team is hitting threes, they're a better team. (laughs) But I think the the point that I'm making is it's like not only are we better, it's very crucial for the flow of our offense that Austin Reeves continues to play well, continues to hit threes because it doesn't seem like many other people are capable and especially i'll just say this to anthony davis corner threes as a last second prayer can we bury that forever and not return to that off i mean he i know he one hit, right he got he one. one and then he decided to take the hail mary off off of the the steel i'm like oh no 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 uh and then we featured him again for some reason thinking he's pj tucker tucker in, in 2017 it's like bro Let's, let's not, let's not run the Anthony Davis corner three plea. That's the three ultimate last resort ever again. Never want to see it. I never yeah. want to see it. So you know, <laughs> I I do, I do think get straws,
0: man. I, I definitely think we don't talk about Denver too much. Like they just, they make the right play. It yeah. seems like they get shots when they want, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and obviously that's because of Joker and everybody else. It just seems like nothing's forced. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like they scramble much. Um and, it's
1: Jamal Jamal's the one who forces it if anyone does.
0: Right. Uh and, but this was a bubble version of Jamal. And we've seen him yeah. be able to do this. You know what I mean? And I do I think he could do it three games in a row. I'm not so sure, but I don't know if he has to. Like right. I don't somebody it, else
1: will probably step up. They have a good team. You're right. They
0: have a really, really good team. Nothing, they're not like Donovan Mitchell, Utah, like shit. This has to be you, or we're not, you know what I mean?
1: Right. Don so, Mitchell Cleveland, uh, even.
0: <laughs> right. Facts. Uh, I think everything's going to come down to, to tomorrow night's game. Like, it's a must yep. win for the Lakers. Lakers have to win tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're nervous, man. But look, either way, still super impressed with the Lakers. Still super impressed that you're here right now. I'm not writing totally. them off. It's hard to write off LeBron. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to write off AD right now based on just like – yeah. The, the history of what's, you know, every other game and the numbers that he's been putting up. I think Joker, Joker's just
1: a fucking tough guard, no matter what. He's good. He's good. I, I think we're exposing him. Like, like you said, it may have been his worst game. And that was due to what we were trying to do out there. Mm. I think we were throwing different shit at him. And look, he still, he's still played incredible, right? Like, like you're saying, it's his worst game so far. Yeah, and I'm very excited about that. That happened against us, and I think we are affecting the way that he is playing. He's 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 trying to play chess out there, and we're at least throwing a bunch of different moves his way. Right? It's not going the way that he would normally be able to see the patterns of the game. We're mixing it up a bit, and Anthony Davis, pure and simple, uh, is a very good athletic defender. He is. So that's the beauty of why I still think there's hope. And then uh, the last thing I'll say, And I want to to talk a little bit about Denver's success. But the last thing I'll say about the Lakers' chances is you saw in the third quarter, for whatever reason, Mike Malone pulled both Murray and Jokic from the floor at the same time. We immediately jumped out to a seven-point lead where he had to call a timeout, get Jamal Murray back on the court. So there is these moments, right? There's these moments where, as I've said, both of those games were winnable at different times for us. I think we will win game three. I don't know about game four. That's what I'm mostly worried about. I I think with backs against the walls, LeBron has won two different series where he's been down 2-0 to start. That's happened to him already. He's obviously had a 3-1 comeback in his in his career as well. It's not uh, It's not out of the realm of possibility, but game three, I think we will win. I think we'll come out and play real hard. I'm hopeful that we'll have it in the tank for game four like you're talking about. I hope we have enough. In the in reserve for game four, and this has been a great season. Like I still can't think we were in the 13th seed, and and it, we couldn't look farther from the playoffs. We were looking about. People are like, "Will the Pelicans get Victor Wembanyama?" Because the Lakers are so bad, right? And and here we are in the Western Conference Finals. I I don't want to say it's a success because for Laker fans, success only means hanging banners. But that's a fucking real close. I mean, that's really close to success. Flipping this whole thing around. I couldn't be more impressed and happy. So I don't know. I I am. I'm nervous, obviously. But uh, I mean, it's been a hell of a ride.
0: (laughs) Well, you have a wedding to go to tomorrow. You're going to be able to see the see the game.
1: Yes. This is the part that that really sucks is I will not be able to watch the game live. Oh, no. So I will have it being recorded and I will just not be looking at my phone and all the people, (laughs) all the people at the wedding Will will be aware that I don't want to be updated by the score, including we do have uh, our guy Ben from from Boston. Our stool Ben, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's local and he's a huge obviously he's from Boston. He's a huge Celtics fan. Uh, so mostly I'm worried about him like rubbing it in my face a little bit. But here's a funny funny aside. Before we move on to the next round, we talk about the Celtics. Uh, ben and I have come to a ceasefire. He's oh. obviously a diehard Celtics fan, born and raised Boston lakers fan here we're in the same we're sharing the household this this week as we celebrate a family member getting married um and this again this is my sister-in-law's boyfriend uh (laughs) so we've we've officially become uh supporters of of the individual we 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 will not root in favor of each other's team as he is a celtics fan he will not be rooting for the Lakers. he's rooting for my happiness So this is what this is kind of the agreement that we've that we've kept, because I think also we're rooting for history as well. We want to see another Lakers Celtics championship or championship showdown, which would be great. But right now, it feels like neither could be farther from what the reality is going to be.
0: Well, I mean, all the talk on Twitter and social media was like, you know, I, I had brought up off the air here about this girl I follow and about. How it's been scripted, right? And then for whatever reason, a picture came out of a script, <laughs> NBA communication script, which I'm oh, probably... on like
1: a word document that nobody has access to.
0: <laughs> well, look, the bottom line is this: of course, Adam Silver and the NBA want to see Boston and the Lakers in the NBA mm-hmm. Finals. It would be great for ratings. <clears throat> um We had posted on our page that, like, yo, if it's Denver Heat, like, it's going to be on NBA TV. That's right. what it's going to be, and a lot of people said that, but like. Fans like us, like me, you, and probably most people that watch this show, would be fine with the Heat's Nuggets finals. Like I would love it. I'd really enjoy seeing G- Jimmy Butler and Joker in the finals. Uh, maybe you, not personally, because it's because it's not the Lakers.
1: But well, the Lakers, it just that just sounds better. I think, of, honestly. No, I but, get it. I get nah, it. I'm with hey, you. I'm with you.
0: But we would enjoy it. Now, maybe the yeah. casual NBA fan, you know, maybe. 75 percent of the people that are at your wedding that you're at this weekend won't be watching the heat versus Nuggets we would absolutely yeah, they would lose
1: to- they would lose a lot of like the the people that don't really care. It's when it's Lakers Celtics and and there's 17 championships up hop this is going for historic number 18. I think the NBA would prefer at least one of them be in the final for sure if obviously the, the the wet dream is Lakers Celtics uh, in the finals again because that always draws huge attention. Uh, but I think the the NBA would be quite fine with one of those franchises making it. I don't think, like you said, I don't think that Nuggets Heat would be the draw for for most fans, right? For most people that don't have allegiances to Denver or to Miami, they'll go, all right, I'll watch it on Sports Center or I'll follow the clips on on IG. Uh, but for a basketballs basketball fan, you got. You got some fun things happening in that series if it does go that way, because Spolstra is going to try and scheme all these different things to 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 fuck with Jokic, and Jokic is going to just you know they don't really have any Bam is like maybe the maybe Bam is the perfect guy to guard Jokic I don't know maybe he's too small, uh, but you know, clearly the Denver nuggets, if they make it, there are going to be a, a tough opponent to anybody. If it's a heat or the Celtics,
0: I think we're getting ahead of ourselves though. Obviously. I mean, We're only one, we're one game deep. We have game two Obviously. of heat Boston tonight. Well, you brought right? up the
1: script though. So that's why we're looking down the line.
0: I know. Well, let's, let's just, you know, you're, you got barstool Ben there. Like, let's talk about the Celtics because we just it. go off, you know, we just go off on our last pod talking, just praising Jason Tatum, which we've done so many times. I and, mean, you know, as long as we've been doing this show, we've been doing it since Jason Tatum came into the NBA and it's kind of like right. the, the same stuff every single year. It's like, God damn, this guy is so good. And he'll, he'll have instances of just like he he's top five player. And then, you know, he'll have a 50 point game and he'll he'll have a closeout game that looks absolutely beautiful. And then there's this game, you know, game one where the numbers look good. Tatum at 30 points played 40 minutes, but yeah. there were instances where it was like, yo, he, he he can't have the rock right now, and I don't know if it's if it's Bazooka Joe who didn't call a timeout in like a whole <laughs> quarter, right? I, I think Spolstra's coaching his ass off. All right, yeah. I have to gi- I have to give him props on that, and that that Heat team. Again, a bunch of ragtag dudes that nobody wanted, right? And they're just buying into a system that works. We're seeing Gabe get some, like, really getting the bag going for himself. And Jimmy yeah. is just being Jimmy, right? And we're waiting for, like, a real shitty game from Jimmy and so where people could be like, see, <laughs> he's maybe he's not that guy. But Jimmy just keeps right. rising to the occasion each fucking series that he's playing in. Um, I think this series is far from over. If there's no, there is no way the Heat. Get two games in Boston going back to Miami. Boston has to win this game tonight. Correct. And they need to figure out what they're doing with their rotation. Like, why isn't Grant Williams playing? What's the deal? You know, why is Peyton Pritchard in the game? Why is he even in the game? <laughs> okay. They need, they really need to figure out that situation. And Jason needs to be the best player on the court. And I know it's hard when Jimmy Butler is guarding you, and uh, I know that's difficult, but. They got to figure it out man. What was your take from that from the game 1 of Boston?
1: Yeah, that was a quintessential like textbook go ahead and steal game 1 from Miami. They they hung around and at times were clearly the enforcers, the best team out there. I mean, that third quarter was really impressive from the Heat. Um, but I do think that they came in with that kind of mentality it's it's maybe it's overplayed, but I keep going back to the fact that they, these guys are kind of ready for war. And again, you know, I don't want to discredit those individuals that listen that that serve our country that go to war because it's not a war. But you know what I'm saying? They 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 do have they carry themselves with that kind of mentality. The Heat do when they go into these series. It's like we're we're gonna we're gonna win one of these two games, right? And I think they they seized an opportunity that was very important. They now, you know, they can they can win game two and really it that it really would seem like the door is closed there. Mm-hmm. If they win game, they go up two zero away and they're bringing it home. That feels like it's going to be three one for sure. And they're and then the series is over in a matter of a couple games. So, uh, like you said, I don't like to get ahead of ourselves. That was one game, but the fact that Jimmy Butler was immediately up for the task of guarding their best player and said. Apparently, you know, at least they made that kind of a big story during the game was Miami Heat players were arguing over who would get to guard Jason Tatum, which is, again, like that speaks to like the war mentality I'm talking about. These guys are like, no, 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 I want him. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to like arm wrestle over who gets to guard this guy who just scored 51 points and in a historic performance, the most points ever after Steph did it against the Kings just a couple of weeks ago. And they're going, uh, no, actually, I want that guy. Not, oh, shit, it's me. I have to guard him. Not that. It's the other way around. I think that just kind of speaks to the whole thing that that the Heat are bringing to the table. And I think Jason Tatum needs to also take that responsibility on and go, fuck this. All right, Jimmy's going to guard me? Well, I'm I'm in. Let's lock horns because I'm doing this too. We're going to be right there next to each other. And, you know, they can switch off at times. Like sometimes Jimmy gets in a screen, okay, fine. It's not like Tatum needs to fight through every screen and 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 you know exhaust himself on the defensive end, which is obviously what they're trying to avoid Tatum from doing in not having him guard Jimmy Butler. And also Jalen Brown is is doing a pretty decent job. I think Jalen Brown is a very stout, very good defender, underrated defender. And when he wants to do it, he can be good. But but Tatum's size is is actually what is needed here against Jimmy. Jalen Brown is almost like the perfect size for Jimmy to go at I think Jimmy outweighs him and Jimmy's bigger and taller and longer but he's not bigger taller and longer than Jason Tatum he's, he weighs more than Tatum does but Tatum's just as long so I do think they need to on the Celtics go well Tatum at least in the first and the fourth the first and fourth quarter you got Jimmy first and fourth we'll give Jalen Brown the run in the, se- in the third and the fourth at the second and third quarters and uh that's how I think they can move forward. Horford, as I mentioned in the past, in the last episode, he has to hit open shots. And as much as we want to make the case between Jimmy and bam and, uh, Tatum and Brown, it does feel like when Horford hits threes, Celtics wins games. It could be that simple. It could be, it could be that simple. You're right.
0: Um, the guy you didn't mention though, and the guy that won the game for them was Kyle Lowry. What a freaking huge absolutely. game he had!
1: Absolutely,
0: he, he was, bro. Three like absolutely. He, he hit big three pointers. Had that flurry in the third. He he paid twenty seven minutes, fifteen points. Uh, you know he's six for twelve for the field, but three for five for threes, and they were big buckets. You know this guy's been there before. It's we've We've had our differences with Kyle Lowry, but the 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 kid knows how to play, and he's a vet, and he knows he's been there before again, Jimmy needs somebody like that, and he's coming off the bench, which is which is impressive,
1: you know you' coming off the bench with energy and again, with purpose like that that's the other side like when he comes in, it's like I don't know I, I I don't mean to be offensive to anybody it's like it's like a scrappy dog like he's like on a leash like ready to he comes in like raring to go and as and as fast as he comes in the game he gets right up in the face of whoever it is that he's guarding and most likely it's you know Marcus Smart or whoever the hell it is on their side he's trying to disrupt what they do and and when he can add the offensive component when he's hitting those shots the Miami Heat become immensely difficult to defeat having that off the bench um i it is so impressive to me that Lowry has accepted the role that that has been given to him by spolstra right and you know especially coming off the end of last season i i didn't know how many more games kyle lowry would play of basketball at the end of last year and for him to like i say embrace the bench role the bench aspect and bring the like the same kind of energy that he would if he was starting even maybe even more energy i think he comes in with like such a uh a fuck you mentality as soon as he comes in the game. And, you know, again, sometimes, you know, he doesn't have it, which is fine because he's 30, whatever, 35 years old or whatever he is now. Uh, But most nights, you know, it seems like he's coming in and being really effective in those minutes off the bench. And
0: just the who's going to outflop who? Is it smart or Lowry? Like, who's it going to be, man? (laughs) Who's going to flop more? There's a lot of flopping going on, man. And I, I just think that... This Kevin Love piece, he didn't have a huge game one at all. They had like eight points and mm-hmm. whatnot, but I think at some point he's rebounding. Yeah, he's rebounding. He again, you have all these vets that are smart, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy and Kyle and and K-, K Love are just smart basketball players, and when you have a coach like Spo. Who calls timeouts all the time at the at the at the at the, at the, the first like yeah at the <laughs> first whiff of a run he's calling a timeout and making switches whether it's K-, K Love at center it's not working or I Bam's back at center and they figure it out so there were a lot again we've been talking about Bazooka Joe and his coaching I'm not an NBA coach man I'm not so I'm not gonna sit and rip on an NBA coach and what he should be doing I just think there are things that when fans are watching games it's blatantly obvious like even like mm. they'll they'll hit a shot and i'll be like oh well there's i can normally call a timeout for it that should be
1: a timeout right right
0: i know when there's gonna be that i immediately start getting up and either i'm already going to grab another beer or i'm going to grab some meat because it's a time that
1: shot's like oh it's timeout time yeah it,
0: it, it went on for like 15 minutes i'm just like when when is the timeout coming so and he yeah. was he was super frustrated in the huddle when he threw the through his uh through the his clipboard. Uh, no the clip, clipboard, clipboard, um, and I think it was because of the effort that he was seeing from the guys. That's what was pissing him off a little sure. bit. And again, we're we're in the we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. These guys have been playing there, you know, for a while now. They're probably yeah. gas too. You're not going to be able to drop 51 every night, it's, right? And they just had
1: that game seven, very emotional game seven, right? And right. That, that'll that'll put some wear and tear on you.
0: But it just seems like it's the same thing with Jason Tatum. Like we're waiting for him. There's, there, it's like consistently inconsistent. Like when you have this huge fifty point game that puts you on like this this Rushmore at one point, and then the next game you're like, ah, no, see that's the guy. That's. But it's guy. still
1: thirty. I, I think that's the crazy part right. about Tatum. It, you know, really, thirty points is is it really solid? Output. It's great. That's what you want for, from your star. When you right? watch him play, you're like, no way. He doesn't have thirty points. Like he was like that wasn't a good game. And then Mm -hmm. you watch, you look at this box score, and it's like, no, he had thirty points and like twelve rebounds or bunch of assists. It's like, fuck, dude. Like that's how you know he's really good. I think Mm -hmm. it's like you can watch him struggle, and yet he still produces at a pretty ridiculous output. I think so. If if we're if we're looking beyond this, uh, Bazooka Joe's going to be an issue, Mm -hmm. right? And and that's that's not going away. It's not like oh cool they they beat the Sixers now he'll figure it out no no, no. that's going to be a problem for the remainder of the series Spolster is going to be able to throw different shit in the face of Joe Missoula and go like now like try and figure that one out right and we'll see we'll see if the, if the Celtics are up for it but really it does come down to it seems like if the Celtics can match the energy of the Heat and just play like their their normal game and get good performances. Uh, offensively from Tatum and Brown, and and then guys are hitting open threes, you know, they should definitely win this game. And I think they need to know that urgency needs to be there for this game. Like you're saying, going down 2 0 to this Miami Heat team can't be an option. That cannot be an option going back to Miami for games three and four. I think they'll bring the intensity. Um, if anything, we've seen, you know, a little bit of a back and forth from Tatum and the rest of the Celtics. Um, when when they're when they're feeling it and when they're not, but I think you can expect the the intensity level to be much higher for game two.
0: Well, it has to be, Drew. And I,
1: yeah, no, it, it right. They have to treat it like a like a win or go home kind of a game. They because they should... Jimmy
0: Jimmy goes into this. Jimmy's playing forty four minutes a night. Like he doesn't take yeah. plays off. You know, you cannot take these plays off. There were a couple boneheaded plays by Jason Tatum at the end of that game with turnovers and you know bad shots. It looks like sometimes exactly. they just. Settle for these ISOs, right? Yep. One thing we do know is Jimmy is going to be playing every single play on both ends of the floor, and Jason and Jalen both have to do that. They have to do that. They need more from Brogdon. They do need – like I Al Horford is so huge for them yeah. with those for, stretch
1: threes. One for five from three for Horford, mm. and that's obviously a huge, huge, huge component for them because he's important to guard Bam out of bio. He's important to guard Jimmy when Jimmy gets a screen or gets, you know, roll into the basket.
0: But can't Grant uh, I, Williams play Bam too at, for spurts? Like, can't, can't you put Grant out there?
1: I do think that that needs to be looked at for mm-hmm. the Celtics. And and something that, that we didn't mention yet is that, again, the coaching aspect, Missoula rolls out Horford and Robert Williams again to start the series, and, and it just was so clear that that needed to not be the case mm-hmm. very quickly. And he pulled him, I think he pulled him, I don't know, with four or five minutes into the game. So he kind of understood it. But, you know, we could have from a distance seen that that was going to be a problematic matchup for them. Mm -hmm. They're creating lack of space on the floor against a team that's high pressure. Anyway, uh, Grant Williams should get some burn. I I really do think so. And I I agree with you, Peyton Pritchard. maybe, Maybe Missoula was trying to send a message to the other guys like the Derek Whites and Brogdons and everybody else to be like, if you guys are going to play with the intensity that I want you to play with, I'm going to put this kid in and we're going to just try this because I, I agree. I don't think he needs to be playing in this series. It needs to be the core guys. It needs to be Derek white. Brock, Wait, who do
0: you think shouldn't be playing in the series? Peyton
1: Peyton Pritchard.
0: Right. Do you know any minute, how many minutes Grant Williams got last game? I was like four or something. Zero. He didn't play at all. He played zero minutes. Peyton Pritchard played 11 minutes and 45 seconds. That's a problem, dude. When you're talking about your core guys, as much as say what you want about Grant Williams, right? You either love him, you hate him. I don't know mm-hmm. what Boston fans think about him. Ben but does he, not
1: like him. Who ben does? does not like him.
0: He does doesn't not. Like, Barstool Ben doesn't like Grant Williams. He'd rather
1: have Peyton Pritchard out there? I don't believe the choice to him is between those mm-hmm. two. Uh, he'd much rather see Robert Williams be out there mm-hmm. and Horford go to the bench in that kind of a rotation than... Uh, having it be Grant Williams in for in for Horford, I just think- I, and I don't I don't know I don't agree with him really. I think Grant Williams, like you're saying, at the very least, will cause Bam Adebayo problems, and will give the effort and energy. and The the biggest problem for him is he just can't like the the his shot has disappeared. We talk about others mm-hmm. that he's no longer a threat from three pointer. It feels like, uh, and and even it feels it feels like at times like he doesn't want to shoot it. Uh, from what I've seen out of him and and clearly Missoula is not he's not in the favor of Missoula right now but I Maybe think he's in the doghouse for whatever reason He needs to he, he I think Missoula should try it I do yes. I think give those 10 minutes to Grant Williams and see what happens because uh, I will say the the Celtics it felt like in the in the in the beginning of that game were forcing out a bio to be the shooter forcing out a bio like going like fine you, you want to go one on one. Uh, go ahead and do that. And I think at times Bam can really slice and dice. He ended up with 20 points in that game, nine for 13. Uh, but, he got shots that he wanted. Didn't force, didn't really force bad shots. Mm-hmm. Was like, okay, if it's there, I will take it, and I'll or I'll get to the line. And if it's not there, was willing to kind of kick it out or find Jimmy or Gabe or somebody else. And so uh, I think Grant Williams could be effective in that role, as to be like, fine, if you're gonna if you're gonna make Bam the scorer maybe Grant can do a decent job at staying with him a little bit better than than Horford can cuz Bam's quick man. I think and, yeah.
0: I think that that's what I'm looking for tonight. I mean, we're talking yeah. like Grant Williams is the savior. He's not the savior, but the one no. thing that I that I talk about on on the show all the time is I always say reach out and touch somebody. Like you want somebody that wants to be physical. Jimmy is very physical. You need guys on your side Uh, on your team that's going to go out there and at least make it difficult grant's going like you said put up the effort he moves fast he's he can he can move fast he likes to take charges and and he can shoot the three i know it hasn't been the greatest this season but he can do it i think bazooka joe that's what i'm looking for tonight i want to see first of all why the guy didn't even get to play a minute the other night one just just cemented to the bench and let's see if it's if if he's going to make that certain adjustment, you know what I mean? I want to see if he's going to, um, you know, is it a prideful thing? Like, why isn't Grant Williams play? I really want to know. Like, what did he do? Is he not, how is he not fitting into the offense when he was, I don't want to say like a, a, a key play. I guess he is a key player for them, right? Or he has been a key player for them. So I don't know. That's what I'm looking for. And for, uh, for Spolstra and the Miami heat, I'm looking for them to just, Stay par for the course, man. Keep doing exactly what they're doing. I don't want them to switch up much. You know, maybe uh, maybe I'd like to see a couple more things run for Kevin Love, which is so weird to say, but he (laughs) he stretches the floor really well. And I'm I'm just looking uh, as far as Boston goes. Just Tatum needs to be the man Tatum needs to understand that he needs to be the best one on the court. And Jimmy, we all know that Jimmy walking into any arena thinks he is the yep. best player on the court. And he sh- he's continuously showing us every single game in every series why he's the most important player. And look, we talked about Booker being the most important. We talked about AD being the most important. We talked about Joker being the most important. This guy is the most important player to that Miami Heat team. And he's showing it every single night. So, I, I mean, the game starts in 20 minutes, man. I, I am so excited. Very
1: excited. Very, very excited. I think the Celtics, like we're saying, they got to start it quick. They have to start fast. They cannot be uh, the weaker side here. They need to be the aggressor right from the beginning. Um, And Jimmy's hard to stop, plain and simple. He's playing excellent basketball. Six steals in that game. Huge. He's he's doing a good job on Tatum, as we're saying. He's making it tough on Tatum or whoever he's guarding. Um, Celtics have to win this. And I I think there's a really good chance that Miami can do what they did in the last game. Like, why can't they just repeat what they just did? Struis, Lowry, uh, Martin, and Vincent all had 15 points. They can totally do that again. They really can. And 123 is a good output for them. That's a big number for that Heat team. I don't think they're going to be able to repeat 123 points, but I think that kind of performance can be there for them again. It really can. So that's why I'm saying, like, I think this the Celtics really need to take it to them fast in order for this to be a good outcome.
0: I think you said it perfectly. I think Miami's going to win it tonight, dude. As, as, it feels as, that way. I mean, it just
1: kind of feels. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. So Ben, you know, the whole day was like anxious. He's just like, I am not looking forward to this game because I think he sees what we see, and I mean, there is a history with these two squads and even Ben was like you know it's hard to root against a guy like Jimmy Butler like you watch him play and you're like god damn he's good he is good at basketball this guy can just do it all and the way that he does it is i don't know it it there's a there's a toughness there's a strength there's a, a smart the smarts about it like it just he he's very comprehensive thing. he's it, very comprehensive as a basketball player right there's not much he can't do and especially i'll go back to the 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 <laughs> The shot that the three pointer that he threw up that hit that rim and felt like he was in the air for five seconds and then dropped right back down nestled in there huge huge momentum shift in the game I mean that's that's what he can do even though and that's not even his strength so I think I think his confidence is
0: is contagious that's what it
1: is like somebody's that's what they're seeing what they're doing I mean look they're they're in the they're in the conference finals again right spolstra has been here a bunch like he just feels like this is where they belong don't, and i feel like that that also breeds into the whole life of the team just like jimmy's confidence
0: don't you think that jimmy also can smell blood in the water too like when, yes. when anything's go like he he's probably saying in the locker room hey bro these guys these guys aren't ready let's do, not, let's
1: do one more let's, yeah, let's do keep, one more they're
0: they're not better than us like we can obviously we beat them at home we we can do this i think he he's seeing like Again, like this coach ain't ready. Maybe Bazooka Joe isn't ready for this stage yet. And who's this? And who is, right? The guy's freaking <laughs> younger than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, it, he's
1: my age, essentially. Yeah. Right.
0: So, and I think Jimmy feeds off that. The great ones feed on that. They know when there's blood in the water and they know when to attack and attack weaknesses, right? So, yeah. and I just don't necessarily think as good as Tatum is and as great as, as Brown is too. Um, Maybe Tatum's not there yet. Like he's not Jimmy confident. You
1: know what I'm saying? Right. Like, well, there is to me. I think there's the 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 advantage that you look at, and maybe we can we can close it up after this. But the advantage that the Celtics need to look at is is Jalen Brown. I mean, he did he shot the most shots for the Celtics. Took 21 shots in that game, and mm-hmm. uh, he made 10 shots. Uh, but uh, there was like really some really tough moments in that game for Jalen Brown with some silly turnovers and. You know, lack of handle again and missing shots that you would six think, turnovers, missing shots that you would think that would be going. I think he missed a couple layups, if I remember, you know, and I, I think the advantage is Jalen Brown. And, and I think if you're a Celtics fan, if you if you look at this game and you do all the things that we're talking about, like limit the big on big rotation where you have two bigs in there, limit that rotation, uh, ha- you know, get out in front and don't be afraid be physical, be the aggressor. The the key is Brown continues to at least be confident enough to shoot twenty one shots in a game. Right, that's a step in the right direction because he wasn't in the last series. He wasn't shooting that many times. He wasn't being aggressive. So at least you're getting the right steps, and then and then maybe in this game he can be more efficient, and that closes the door on it. Uh, but either way, Clips. I mean, i I think we're going to be in for a tight one, right? This ain't going to be an easy ride for the Celtics, even if they get this win. They're going to be they're going to be you know white knuckling all the way there. <laughs> It's I mean, Jalen Brown play.
0: was 16% from three the other night. It was one for six. Yep. That's an issue. And I think, yep. you know, sh- I know shooters keep a shooter shoot. Just ask LeBron James, right? You're just going to keep <laughs> shooting. But sometimes you need to be, you know, be real with it. And you're 10 for 21 from the field. Like stick with that. That's what's working. Not the one for six threes. Like after that third three miss, like, okay, chill. Let's just, let's just right. chill on it. And you're, you're totally right. This is going to be, it's going to be a, a fight to the finish. And I just think Jimmy is the one I I cannot what? bet against Jimmy Butler at all right oh, now. And Either.
1: I I'll say it I called Lakers in six, I called Heat in six. So I do think I think this is going to be the case. But I I would say if I was wagering on this game, I think Celtics. But I would take like whatever the whatever the money line is or whatever the points are, I would take the Heat <laughs> with the points to cover uh, in a loss. That's that's how I think it will go. I think the Heat will lose, but they will cover. So
0: sorry to I don't our. I what boys. it is.
1: Let me look. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up right now. Let me pull okay. it up. Hold on. Wow. Boston favored by 10. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, I, a betting man, you take the heat and those points. Mm-hmm. Boston will not beat them by more than 10. That's pretty insane to me, Clips. That's Or they pretty- know
0: something that we don't. I mean, the script is out. Maybe they know something that the we don't. The script might
1: be out. You're right. It's fun. It's all over social media. Uh, you know, maybe somebody was able to click that link that said referee game flow. Mm. And, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, but that to me doesn't that sound like you're gonna win money if you if you if you give the Heat ten I, dude, points? Dude, first I don't know how to call it. I'm a terrible gambler when it comes
0: to betting on sports. Like I'm just not. It's
1: essentially. Do you think the Heat will lose by ten points tonight, or or do you I think mean, they, lose could. By the they, they could? They could. They could. But I think it's. I think they'll lose by like you know four, five, six, seven somewhere. Well, I got time. them winning tonight, so
0: that's that's oh, my you,
1: call. Then you still win the bet. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tell Barstool Ben that we apologize that we both have the heat now for whatever reason, and maybe. Well, no, but I do
1: want to. I, I, I want to say this. That's what how I think it's going to go. What my heart will be rooting for is for Ben's happiness because that's what we did. We we agreed. It's good for the world. It's good for karma. I hope Ben is happy this evening. And when when Ben is happy, it's when the Celtics are winning. So that's my hope.
0: Uh, well dude if we're going off karma then like then I'm I'm betting on Jimmy Butler all the way. Like this yeah. guy is just this guy's earned every single right to be there. He is yeah. he just is something so special and he's cut from a different cloth. He's the guy that you want to play with. I'm sure if you took a poll right now and asked every NBA player their thoughts on Jimmy Butler, I don't think there's one person minus somebody maybe in Philly, right? Philly. Maybe <laughs> that
1: doesn't like jimmy Butler, but bias harris would go no nah, i don't want to play with him <laughs> i don't want to play with him he's kind of an asshole right <laughs> he's on my corner he's on my corner too much um all
0: right i know we have to go here soon but we we have to talk about the biggest news of the week finally we have the nba draft lottery this is going to be our final thought we both decided that we're going to give our take yes. on What happened in the draft lottery the other night? You had mentioned on the last show you were super excited for the draft lottery, even though you normally don't watch it. And mind you, I forgot to tell you that like draft lottery was always my favorite because the Clippers were always in the draft lottery. Oh, yeah.
1: It was was the best part of your season.
0: I watched it. It was, I could not wait. I'll just, (laughs) fuck, man.
1: Michael we'll Olowiak, candy, baby, Vince,
0: uh, you know, could add Vince Carter, Dirk Nowitzki. It's okay, like no, no big deal. It's not a, not a big, not a big issue. But we did get Blake. That was a big oh, day for boy. me. We got Blake Griffin. One. That's right. That was a big one. But hey, we've been talking about Wimbo for just like everybody else for a while now. We've actually been talking two about years. him for probably two years now. Yeah. Um, we both had mentioned the teams that we wanted him to go to. We've been adamant about like Spurs. We both thought we're going to be the best place for him to go. Then we I you know, I wanted Dame to get a little bit of love. If we oh. if it was if it was Portland or San Antonio, I'd be super stoked. As long as it's not Charlotte or Houston. Please, Oof. God, do let do not Dogs let Ime Odoka, do not let Ime Udoka get Victor Wembanyama. This is just is not fair, right? Talk about karma, Drew. You're
1: not getting the number one pick, Ime. Whoever thought that putting him there was was so dumb. Whoever was like, Ime, yeah, go go be at the draft. What the what? I'd rather see Stromile Swift than Ime Udoka doing. Put the get the, draft the mascot. Already. Get the get the Houston Rocket Bearer there before Ime Udoka is there. Put the I mascot think, in the chair. You
0: know, they made it so I mean Woj went out there. Woj went out there and said, yo, <laughs> this is the greatest NBA draft draft or prospect possibly in sports history, definitely in NBA history. Yeah. And I had posted on our page. I'm like, yo, just chill, okay? Like, we get it, we get it. You're trying to, we're pushing this, this, this narrative of Victor, and he is definitely a generational talent. Okay, he has not played one NBA game yet. Can we just pump the brakes? And mind you, I, you know, we were all alive when LeBron came out, and and LeBron is by far in our lifetime the best, the best prospect we've ever seen. But being a historian, be a guy that what's that?
1: Hakeem Olajuwon.
0: Well, no, it's more, it's more Kareem because, Kareem. like, Kareem was – and this is before social media, before anything. If you talk to anybody that was alive during that time and about Lou Alcindor and what this guy did, not only was he the greatest high school player to ever play, they had to ch- change rules and dunking rules before him. And he goes to UCLA, wins every national championship, goes to the NBA, wins every national – wins, you know, five six five rings he's got – And this was during a time where there wasn't social media and highlight tapes and sizzle reels, all right? He was the real freaking deal. And the only way, even going back to LeBron and even pre-LeBron, where we had to know about these guys, I just remember having to read everything about Baron Davis and Jermaine O'Neal in Slam Slam Magazine and having to, like, really do your research about these amazing draft prospects. So I get it. 7 5 He's a kid with a, a bunch of talent, right? But we've already set him up to fail, Drew,
1: right? <laughs> how can he There's, meet these expectations?
0: How do you – like, look, bro, if if Victor – if Wimbo comes out next year and does 20 and 10 like Paolo did this year, right? That, that's – and I don't even think Paolo did 20 and 10. He did like 18 and, and whatever. I didn't even look at Paolo's numbers, but he's I right I think around.
1: he was 20. I think he was 20.
0: 20, 20 and probably like right 19,
1: 19 or 20. I think he I think he did average 20 a game. Which is year.
0: great, and that's what you want your number one pick to get. That's an awesome season, right? It's career that's numbers awesome. for a lot of people. Victor coming out next year in his first year, if he does 20 and 10, like it's, it's not what you guys were telling us about. This isn't the greatest season <laughs> we've ever seen, but it's a great season to be 20 and 10 as a rookie, right? I
1: think there's a chance he goes 20 and 10, and what pushes us into the realm of agreeing with he's the greatest prospect is the record. So San he Antonio's goes 20 record? and 10. Right. He goes okay. 20 and 10 and San Antonio wins 48 games. Whoa. You, I'm just saying like that would, that would be us going, there it is. Like there it is 20 and 10 and they're, and they're in the playoffs, you know, yeah. that and, and, and with that is probably, you know, three blocks a game uh, and, and, you know, maybe a couple assists a game. Right. right. Uh, And so I think, if we're gonna if we're gonna project out at what success looks like for the kid, I agree with you. I think there's an I think easy path for him to do exactly what Paolo Bancaro did last year. Mm -hmm. Like that, you know, we'll find out how dominant or not he's gonna be scoring wise, because Paolo is is like a bull in a China shop. Like he's he's ready to go. And while he didn't shoot as many shots, it was attacking attacking the basket Paolo was. So there there should be some more finesse from the big man here. Uh, because he's not like a back you down seven foot five guy as we all know, he's more of a Porzingis kind of prospect, which is why I still think there is a lot of room for us to pull back on these reins and go, Whoa, hold on a second. Porzingis is seven foot three, seven foot four, had all the guard skills. You look at his mixtape from when he was pre-NBA, you go, Holy fuck, how is that big dude doing that shit? Porzingis, I'm talking about. Yes. And that's what we all go but like, okay. Well, Wembo, he, he has the touch. Uh he's got he's got obviously the physical freak of nature kind of metrics that we all know and, and love and uh has has the skill to go with it, but you know that all changes when you step into the NBA and, and it all remains to be seen. I do think the way that this will go and and be a historic type of performance that could match up potentially to the hype that has been given him, is if he does all well, those things that we're talking about him doing, being successful, being competent on the offensive end, being a masterful defensive player, better than Evan Mobley, uh, and then producing wins. That's the only way because I think the Sun, or not the Suns. I think the Spurs will have a, a lot of people lining up to to join this team. Not Maybe not this year. We don't James know hardest. necessarily – James Harden, right? James Harden could be one but but if it's not this year in the coming years because this is the talent that we think it is and because it's paired with Popovich I think guys are going to sign up to come to San Antonio that we wouldn't normally see or expect and only that that will only happen if I think he shows that he's a winning player and not just some guy who uh you know looked good in tapes against small french guys and then and then can't cut it can't hack it during the physicality of the nba
0: yeah i i totally agree with you and going back on karma like if this is good karma for for san antonio and pop and he couldn't go to a, a more perfect situation especially the french connection that they've had i mean boris diaw and tony yes. parker and how they've done with foreign players and the fact that like look man i always talked about uh I've said on the show many times, like I, th- I thought it was great for Eric Bledsoe and Austin rivers and guys to have like Chris Paul as their guy that they're going out and practice every day and teach them the ropes and whatnot. Right now you, you're going to have the, bi- the the best big man like ever to play. One of the best yeah. big men ever to Zach play Zach Collins. Yeah. Zach Collins. Yes. hundred <laughs> <it> sounds... percent. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about Tim Duncan. Um, and He seems like he's a good kid and open to all of this, and I think uh, he's going to be very receptive to being coached. I just – going back to what we just said, it's a lot of pressure. And, like, look, people still think LeBron hasn't lived up to the pressure. People are still pissed at his chosen one tattoo, right? And LeBron has not only lived up to, but he's exceeded everything that was put on his plate. And I think if that's the bar we're setting for Wembo, I think it's really fucking – high Oof. and it's 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 he didn't look phased by it right but i just wanted everybody to pump the brakes to say like let him be 19 years old let him learn the he, he, yeah. it's going to be a learning curve drew he's not going to come in here and drop 40 a night it's not going to i I don't see that happening if he does i'll be I'm completely shocked right because we haven't seen a seven foot five guy maybe poor Zingas, with a touch like this guy but Saying this is the greatest prospect in the history of sports is just a little rich for me.
1: I'm with you. And I think Bill Simmons talked about this too. It's like, I think you have to look at Kareem. I think you have to look at Hakeem Olajuwon, who was a bona fide number one overall draft pick.
0: Okay, but that's college, dog. You didn't see Hakeem in high school, right? Correct. That's, Correct. We saw Sha- Shaq was the last guy. Like we didn't. Yeah. Shaq didn't really have a lot of colleges he could have chose from. He went to LSU to be closer to home. We're talking about a kid here who's been playing professionally. So I, I apologize to interrupt. No,
1: no, but-, but no, you have a very valid point. I'm just talking about prospects that that in my head are should have been more of an easy slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Like automatically, you know that guy's gonna do well in the NBA. And and I think you're right to call out the fact that that Victor is 19. Like we very much need to to make that a headline here because it seems like when he's that size, that the age can kind of get lost in the mix, right? When you look at a guy that big, you go, uh, "Who gives a shit how old he is?" Look at, like, he should be. Look at that. Look at all that stuff. He should be able to do it immediately, right now, right now. Championships. Um, I will, I will, I will go ahead and and agree with the fact that Woj uh, is doing a good job for ESPN and trying to, uh, you know. Get get some more clicks, some more views, some more attention on this thing, on this draft lottery and on the draft and all that stuff. But let's be real too. Like this kid is pretty special. I mean, there's a reason that he's number one overall and 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 not buried in like this the five through ten version of where Porzingis was. Like he has something special, man. And you look at his athletic ability and his coordination at that size, it doesn't feel real and i think we're going to go through times you and i especially when we watch this kid play a game like in the nba and we go he did a turnaround fadeaway that covered 27 feet like he went he caught the ball on the block and did a turnaround fadeaway and like landed at the three point line like you know that's an exaggeration but there's going to be so much ground and so many specific plays that he ha- that he makes that we're going to go holy shit i've never seen that Mm -hmm. Never seen somebody be able to do that. Well, they
0: talked about the three-pointer tip jam the other night. Like it was the greatest. And, uh, you know, Richard Jefferson and everybody's right. I've never seen it. I've never seen anybody shoot a three-pointer. Yeah. And then tip jam. Like
1: that's insane. But And he did it with like two steps, right? That's that's the stuff that we're talking about. Like the ground that he's going to cover offensively and defensively. I do think he's going to lead the league in blocks pretty fast. Right, I do think he's gonna go pretty fast. That's a bold statement, though. That's a bold statement too. Well, because it's like Gobert and um, this year, who else was it? Um, Anthony Davis. I think it was Anthony Davis is up there at the the top of the list for block shots. You can see Wembo being able to get to a lot of these, a lot of these shots that guys are thinking that they have like an easy layup for, or and never mind you, like a turnaround fadeaway. You're gonna have to put that up a whole nother foot. If you're going to do a fadeaway on Wembo, he's going to be yeah. like, blop, no yeah, problem. Yeah, you think
0: KD's hard to guard. Like, yeah. try to guard this guy. Like, I I get that.
1: But, no, but also- the other way around is, is, is what I'm saying. I think defensively he should hang his hat on that before he tries to go out and scores 30 points. And then we'll all be blown away by, like, look at how rounded out his game is. He cares about both ends of the floor. And that's also how you become a winning player. Right, like that's the truth of the matter. So one thing I want to talk about. You have you have more to say about. What I got I got right? one
0: more thing I want to bring okay. up.
1: Okay, uh, just
0: you know, in eighty three, yeah, it was eighty three. Ralph Sampson, right, seven yes. seven four, yep. paired him with with Akeem. They had the twin towers down there. Ralph Sampson, Virginia, uh, was an animal. Right, like this guy was the real yep. freaking deal, and it just didn't work out. Right, exactly. uh, Ralph Sampson, it was. So it's you can't teach seven four, you can't teach seven five.
1: But he had an okay career, but it wasn't the holy shit dominant career that we're we're, we're trying to lay on. Yeah, we'd on be
0: talking that. about Akeem and Ralph Sampson, like we talk about David Robinson and Tim Duncan. That just did not right. happen. So I just wanted to bring that up. And I have seen when Victor, I've seen Wimbo get bodied. You know what I mean yes. by bigger centers that are physically more gifted or more, you know, as you've said twice in the show,
1: stout, right? Because stout, stout works. Stout's an important thing. You need to be stout. Certain guys, have you have to have a stout guy on your team. Right. But I think, so 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 this actually leads me to my next thing, is I think his true position in the NBA is not center. Is is the four? I think it's the four. Positionless, Drew. We're positionless now, though. I want to talk about guys that's the Spurs if they want to start winning now which I think they do because Pop is like all right guys like I don't know how many more years I can hang in mm-hmm. with winning 17 fucking games here like if I'm going to be here let's actually use my talents and my skills to win some games and get in the playoffs. Well
0: you have Devin and 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 Devin uh, Keldon Johnson down there. So you have two and you have Sohan who you picked up last year who's that's like right you know, he's a, he's a motor guy likes to rebound. will do the dirty shit that you might not want to do. They have some pieces down there. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're going to need to get some people in free agency. They actually have a huge bag of money that they, they do, have to spend. So who would a you want to get with that?
1: With no, no, exactly. I, that's, that's what I want to bring up is like, I think, like I said, it may not be this year, but in years to come, if, people i think are going to flock to play with this guy and and i don't mean like in droves in waves but there's going to be selections especially also because the spurs do have a lot of money there's going to be players that look much harder at san antonio than would have in previous years and would have especially without victor wenbanyama being on this team in this roster so the top free agents in this year which i do think they need to go ahead and start plucking at and at least let's let let's let's get a discussion let's get a lunch on the books with these guys. These are all the guys I think those the Spurs should be taking. Don't say life. Jordan Poole. Do not say Jordan Poole. Absolutely not. The anti, I think he, anywhere else. I mean, I said New York. You can New say York. Draymond. You can say Draymond. I said the Knicks. I said the Knicks for Poole last last episode. And and I, after I listened back to it, I was laughing my ass off. I was like, Tibbs would just run that motherfucker out of the gym. As much as I think the Knicks could use him, yeah. Tibbs would just not be having it. So that, but that it, it made me laugh. So no, Poole is not on the list to okay. join the Spurs. It starts with Fred Van Vliet. The list starts with Fred Van Vliet. Love and it. I think they can go get Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet. I think he values winning. Uh he's he's he went to uh, a college in Wichita State, so he's not like opposed to living in a in a small market, right? And Toronto is obviously a much nicer, cooler, like international city. But San Antonio's warmer. He's had to be cold as balls up there every single season in Toronto. Uh, So I do think they should be taking Fred Van Vliet out to lunch and dinner and hopefully breakfast, if you know what I'm saying. They get into bed together and they can wake up and sign a deal. You know what I'm saying? Get some mimosas. A couple mimosas in the morning. Uh, Draymond Green is obviously on the list. I do think that they, you know, you could see pretty easily that working interesting. Like you get, you have Draymond Green and Wembo and Vassell and Keldon Johnson, your favorite player. And, uh and whoever else the point guard is right now it's Trey Jones uh and he could be okay I think he could be all right there he's 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 shown some talent in this area some some talent uh, to be uh, potentially they have Devontae Graham too uh recently they traded for Devonte Graham from the Spurs they gave away Josh Richardson it's a lot of guards um, t- yeah well I well I think vassell's vassell kind of a guard uh, Keldon and sochan are forwards for sure um but like you said, they have a lot of options. So let me let me go down my list. The other one that, that is available that should be looked at that I think could actually be the best fit is Chris Middleton. Love um, it. Good Middleton, call. you know, people are people are getting sour on him up in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I think he's mm-hmm. still got a lot to offer. He's obviously been injured and banged up, but it just kind of seems like he would be a great Popovich guy, a great Hell Spurs yeah. guy, you know? They've uh, Lee went- and him together would be a great call. If they finagled Boom. those two, wow. And that's a lot of money. And honestly, you can be done. You can mm-hmm. just, that could be it. And you see what else you can do. You keep Zach Collins. Mm-hmm. You keep all those forwards we were just talking about and run it with Wembo. Like that's a, that's an interesting team right there. And, and Middleton went to Texas A&M. So we know he's cool with Texas mm-hmm. Lubbock or that's Texas tech uh, college station. I think is, is Texas A&M. So he's, he's down to go to Texas again. I'm assuming uh, uh, I'm going to, I'm rapid fire. The rest of these at your clips here. Please do Jeremy Grant. Yeah. I, exactly. I that's like why the, those those first three are the ones that that matter the most. The rest are, are just like just thoughts. Mm. Uh, Harrison Barnes, Jordan Clarkson, mm. PJ Washington, restricted free agent from Charlotte.
0: He's coveted. He's going to get the bag somewhere. Somebody. The one
1: that I actually like the most that's a sleep that's a little bit of a sleeper here is is Nas Reed. I,
0: I think love Nas Reed. Pair,
1: if you could pair Nas Reed and Wembo together. That actually could be. I think that could be a fun little one and two. And then you know, two guys that are currently playing right now, Austin Reeves, Mm got to be brought up, has to be mentioned. I think Popovich would. It's like a manager nobly with a right hand, Uh, and and Bruce Brown for the Nuggets, who is also going to be a free agent. I think the Nuggets will go drop. They should back up the Brinks truck for Bruce Brown. But if there's a chance that they don't, Mm -hmm. that also could be a very very versatile. You know, as we've seen, guard forward uh for the for the spurs but that's my list so i'll do it, it. again I'll, I'll give it to you again yeah. van bleat draymond green chris middleton jeremy grant harrison barnes jordan uh jordan clarkson pj washington nas reed austin reeves and bruce brown those are the list of guys that they all should be taking to lunch and seeing hey it might not be this year but give us three years and i think we're going to get to the finals like that's that's what the pitch that i would be giving everybody right here
0: I think with the Reeves thing though, I think somebody's going to throw ninety at him, and it's just why like,
1: not the Spurs?
0: I know, but I don't think I don't know. Out of all those guys, I get what you're saying, but if if his, I knew
1: his passing instincts are through the roof, Drew, awesome I'm with reason. you on this. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm with you. I get it. I just he won't be selfish. He'll throw the ball to Wemba. Yeah, I'm. I know, but it's just that the price tag. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's the only thing I'm saying. If I, I like the Van Vliet a lot. I like the Middleton a lot. Uh, I think, like you said, Bruce Brown's probably the probably going to get. PJ Washington will probably be off the table. I think. I think somebody's going to pay him a lot. A of A lot money. of people
1: like him. He's a restricted free agent, so Charlotte could also match. But he has he has been like relegated to the bench. I think they're. I think Charlotte's willing to move on from him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you are not. You're not wrong. There's a bunch of teams that are going to go. All right. Well, how about I, eighty for four? Like. See, I think that's the same boat that Austin Reeves is in too. Like, dude, yeah. I think
0: the I, I think fifty for for Austin Reeves is off the table now. Like, somebody's he's going to be higher than that. I think yeah, it's
1: higher than that. It I'm, is. I'm, I'm, I agree with you. And I don't I, think, I think the Lakers.
0: I don't think the Lakers can go higher than fifty right now. Unfortunately, we
1: don't have that on the books. Right, we, we are not available to do that. But that's. I mean, D'Angelo Russell can go. He can go.
0: Know, I'm with you on it. it. Is he can go. It'll be interesting. We have a lot. Like, I, I need to know if if Wembo's going to be at Summer League. Like, I need to know if he's going to play. because There's I'm, no
1: chance he's going to be playing at Summer League.
0: You don't know that. Why not? I do know that. Every rookie plays at Summer League. Everybody plays. He needs to play in the Summer League. Where When are you going to play? Against talent. Like, you got to get reps up. Preseason. That's what preseason is. Everybody plays in the Summer League, Drew. I don't like, think I room.
1: would not. If I... Look at... I, I, that goes against any every single ounce of what I think is important for Victor Wembanyama. You want to you want him to get injured in at least the preseason. <laughs> you don't want oh my him God, to get here in the summer league if you're nervous at all about a Chet Holmgren situation, which is another guy that Chet that... was playing at the Drew, bro. Like he was at the Drew or another pickup game. But this is my point. In the summertime is when he rolled his shit. I don't care if it's summer league or if it. If it's in the Drew League or, or up at up at Seattle, which is I think it where it was, that's it was where in, Chet the was. Cross, he was a... cross, the crossover one, mm-hmm. uh, Jamal Crawford's tournament. Uh, you no, I'm not. I'm not putting him out there. I mean, uh, maybe maybe you send him to Vegas, and and you just go through practices. You do practices mm-hmm. with with the with the summer league team. You get to him to know like some of those other guys that are drafted alongside of him. And you get to know some of the coaching staff and, and all that stuff. And uh, Pop gets to take you out to a nice steak dinner while you're in Vegas and have a French Bordeaux or some shit. And Oh, no, he's 19. He drink. He won't even be able to drink. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. But, yeah, I'm not risking that dude get injured at all in Summer League. I, if it's going to happen, Scoot, it's going to happen Scoot's in the Scoot's playing in Summer League no matter what. I know
0: Scoot's going to try to get every game he could play in.
1: Dude, Scoot's ready to go. And it, well, we'll, and well, okay. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say I want to say it seems like Portland's gonna trade the third the third. I
0: do, dude, we're saving that for the next yeah, show. Yeah, we gotta we, save it. We have to because we have to watch that game, and I want to get more into Scoot. Uh yes. more in and and you know Brandon Miller. Yeah, well, I want to talk about all these guys and that situation with Dame and trading the third pick, which sounds I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with that. So uh we have to watch this. We got game two on right now. Uh didn't do a two-hour pod, Drew. I think we're right around like an hour and, and 15 right now. That's right around where holy, I want to be. Holy.
1: Yeah, there you go, folks. You're welcome.
0: Uh, all right, we're going to wrap this up. We want to see Grant Williams play on Boston tonight. <laughs> I, I'm really excited. Grant Williams, the GOAT. We'll be back shortly. It's a follow-through with Clips and Drew, and we are Ghost.